A reading from the first chapter of St. Luke, beginning at the 67th verse. Then his father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke this prophecy. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has looked favorably on his people and redeemed them. He has raised up a mighty Savior for us in the house of his servant David, as he spoke through the mouth of his holy prophets from of old, that we would be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us. Thus he has shown the mercy promised to our ancestors and has remembered his holy covenant, the oath that he swore to our ancestor Abraham to grant us that we, being rescued from the hands of our enemies, might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High. For you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the forgiveness of their sins. By the tender mercy of our God, the dawn from on high will break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. These are our sacred stories. Thanks be to God. Zachariah spends Elizabeth's entire pregnancy unable to speak. A few verses before Zachariah's song read this morning, we find Zachariah going about his duties as a priest. An angel comes to him and explains that Elizabeth will have a son and the son should be named John. Zachariah asks, how will I know that this is so? For I am an old man and my wife is getting on in years. The angel replied, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I have been sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. But now, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time, you will become mute, unable to speak until the day that these things occur. Many have pointed out that Zechariah asks a very similar question to the one that Mary asks about an unexpected pregnancy. But Mary is praised and highly favored, whereas Zechariah is punished by the angel and left without the ability to speak. I've been thinking about this, and it occurs to me that tone is simply not conveyed in the written word. Could it be that Mary asks an honest question, but Zachariah splains? <laughs> Does he scoff? Are his words replete with body language that says this will never work? Mary wonders. Mary ponders things in her heart. Using my imagination more than what is written, I, I agree, I'm using my imagination here. 
I wonder if Zachariah refuses to listen to the angel. Does he interrupt? Does he act like he already knows the answers? Does his body language communicate that his time is being wasted? Is he ready to silence a new idea before it's given even a moment to germinate? I'm imagining the angel in this story to be a lot like Representative Maxine Waters. It's as though the angel says, reclaiming my time. <laughs> if Zachariah is going to interrupt, not fully listen, ignore, then the angel is going to leave him mute reclaiming my time. Or maybe the angel looks like then-Senator Kamala Harris saying repeatedly, I'm speaking, I'm speaking, I'm speaking, and now you're not speaking because you would not listen. Okay, I know the Gospel of Luke doesn't say this, at least not directly, but I think there are enough hints to make it worth imagining. Maybe Zachariah just talked too much. Maybe he needed to let someone else express a perspective. Have you seen the meme on a t-shirt or social media? There's a picture of Pi, and it says something like, equal rights for others does not mean less rights for you. It's not Pi. True. Rights are not Pi. And the privileged need to stop taking so much. Stop taking so much of the talking time. Stop taking so much of the energy out of the room when they, when we, tear apart new ideas before they can even begin to be explored. Stop expecting everything to go our way. Y'all, it's not pie, and we are not sharing. Maybe Zachariah had to be silenced so Mary and Elizabeth could talk. Women, especially in the Bible, get very few speaking lines, but not so in Luke 1. In Luke chapter 1, Elizabeth and Mary get to speak a lot. Mary's song is the longest speech of any woman in the entire New Testament by several verses. Maybe, maybe the privileged man in the patriarchal society into which John and Jesus were born Maybe he needed to listen to the women. It seems to me that we all need to listen more. Most of us, instead of listening, are preparing ourselves to speak as soon as the other person draws breath. Listening as an act of love is an almost forgotten art. And all of us all of us need to work on it. There are many authors, scientists, social workers, and preachers with ideas about how to enhance our listening skills. One skill that I try to use is listening to understand. This means listening to really understand what the other person is trying to communicate. This is different from listening to counter, listening to argue, different from listening to respond. This kind of listening, the kind I'm talking about, listening to understand, leads to follow-up follow up questions about what the person is telling us, rather than our own stories that are connected, however loosely, 
rather than arguments about why and how the idea being expressed won't work. This kind of listening is not easily done. I spent an entire year of my life in clinical pastoral education, learning to be a chaplain, learning to actively listen. And I still sometimes enter conversations believing my opinion to be the only right one. I still rush to questions, not of clarification, but often of critique. I still tell my own stories rather than staying with the person and their story. I still speak without thinking. And sometimes, sometimes I do truly listen, listen to understand, listen to empathize. And when I do, that angel that looks like Maxine Waters, she smiles at me. In our work to be anti-racist, listening is crucial. It's an action that can create change. In an open letter from the Minority and Multicultural Health Collaborative to the members of the Society of Teachers of Family Medicine, they write, we speak specifically to you, our white colleagues. Rise up now and claim solidarity with black, indigenous, and other people of color who are sharing histories of inequality, racism, and bias, and proclaim that you see them that you hear them. Express outrage about the persistence and pervasiveness of racism. Include support and elevate the voices of all people of color in your attempt to break down the systemic policies and practices that fuel the current state of affairs. What can those of you who want to serve as allies do? Listen to black people and other people of color. Support leaders and advocates for vulnerable communities with tangible resources. Explore your own biases, uproot them, and dismantle them. Shoulder the responsibility of learning about the roots of systemic and institutionalized racism in the United States and actively teach this history to others. Use your privilege advocate for systemic changes in our society. The list goes on and it's a good one. What can we do? Listen to black people and other people of color was first on this list. It's first on many of the lists about being anti-racist that I've read in recent years. Listening, of course, is only the beginning. It must lead to action. Zachariah is changed by his experience of listening. His forced silence seems to focus him on the future. He returns to speech by singing, and not singing about himself, but about a future that perhaps he once scoffed at, a future that maybe he tried to interrupt to talk over, a future now being realized in his midst one that perhaps his silence helped to usher in. Zechariah sings of John, and you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare the ways, 
to give knowledge of salvation to God's people by the forgiveness of their sins. By the tender mercy of God, the dawn from on high will break upon us to give light to those who sit in the darkness of night and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet in the way of peace. I imagine that this song is set to a joyful tune. Like tone, tune is not included in the biblical story, but I'm imagining it could be sung to something like Ode to Joy. Zachariah realized some things in his silence, and when he can finally give them voice, I imagine he does so with joy. Listening often leads to joy in my experience, not happiness. Many, many things that need to be heard are not happy, but joy. Joy because so often listening leads to connection and to change, change that makes the world better. Right now, talking over, ignoring, shouting, name-calling, misleading information, explaining lies, this is what so often gets all the time, all the talking. We need Angel Maxine. We need to work to reclaim the time for those who have been silenced. We need to work to reclaim the time for those who have been silenced. There are stories, painful truths that we all need to hear. Stories about systemic racial injustice. Stories about violence against women and LGBTQ plus folk, Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders increased dramatically over the last two years. There are stories about the founding and continuing of our country that need to be aired and heard and listened to and believed, listened to for understanding and empathy for connection and change. Instead of denying our hard truths, talking over, ignoring, instead of denying our painful history, the ongoing oppression, let's assure ourselves and each other that we have the capacity to hear the stories, to believe, to remember, and most importantly, that we're willing to be changed by what we hear. This kind of listening will lead to joy. It might even lead to paths of peace similar to the ones about which Zechariah sings. In just a moment, we will sing Zechariah's song. Listen as you sing. After that song, we will move outside for communion. There will be deacons on both the labyrinth side and the garden side of the church. If you're sitting on this side, we ask you to go to the garden side. And if you're sitting on this side, we ask you to go to the labyrinth side. Once you're outside, you will find two sets of deacons. You can go to either pair. And once you've taken communion, please return inside for the remainder of the service. I'll say that again in case someone wasn't listening. We're going to come back in here for the rest of the service.
while you are moving and waiting and taking crackers and wine or water, listen. Listen to the sounds of the outside. Listen to your own heart. What do you need to hear this day? My friends, communion at Covenant is always open to everyone gathered. You need not be a member of this church or any church. You need not hold any particular beliefs. There is no box to check. You, just you, exactly as you are. Lesbian, gay, bi, straight, trans, white, black, Hispanic, young, old, sad, joyful, despairing, hopeful, you, you, exactly you, are welcome to take and eat and drink of God's everlasting love. And as you do so, Listen. Amen.